So you can roll your eyes after you hear me out. But in my experience, <laughs> it's a bit dry and boring if your cover page is a white page with your business name in the center and your name and your social media handles and maybe it has a border. Uh, I think that's just dry and boring. It is not memorable. It does not stick in anybody's memory while they're scrolling your portfolio. In, if anything, it might actually just be like, huh, if the cover is this boring, what am I to expect inside? So what we need is a punch. We need a boom on the cover. So that's why they say first impressions matter. And there's no reason why a cover page or the first page should not be a punch of your creative style. Hello, hello. This is your host, Dyutima, and welcome to My Food Lens Podcast, where we talk about everything from food photography, styling, to business and mindset. After 15 years as an architect, I switched careers and I'm now a professional food stylist and food photographer based in Singapore. I'm also the founder of the business My Food Lens, where we help clients elevate their brand through drool-worthy photos. My motto is, put your best food forward. Well, here on this podcast, I promise to keep it raw and real and hope you find your answers, action and inspiration as we move through the episodes. Hello and welcome to episode 27. Today we are talking about portfolios. Do you like working on your portfolio? Do you find the time to work on your portfolio? Do you make it a priority? If you're saying yes, 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 then I'm definitely high-fiving you right now because my answer is no, no, no. I'm being very honest here. Uh, I always put updating my portfolio as a very low priority task, which is bad, very bad, very bad. I just find it boring sometimes. I feel like there are so many other important things and I just keep pushing it out of my schedule, out of my schedule until one day I get this client request. I just need to go and scramble. Ah, well, the point is, and something that we cannot shy away from is that a portfolio is a must. Honestly, a portfolio is so, so, so important. It's like us in a book. Imagine if you were a book, you would be a portfolio, your portfolio. So that's how important a portfolio is. And if you want to work with a client, then well, hello, it's even more important. And it is irrespective of industry, which is why Today, I'm going to walk you through how you can put a portfolio together when either you have to pitch to a client or you know, you're reaching out to a client or when they request you for samples of your work. A client has reached out to you and you need to put your best foot forward. So I'm going to walk you through what you can include in a portfolio, how much is optimum, what to keep, what to leave, and just basically how to construct a portfolio so that you are really increasing your chances of getting that job and making an impression on the client. But before I begin, I definitely need to mention that as tempted as we are to showcase and include the entire work of our entire life, like everything we have ever photographed, including the first Apple that we ever shot, boss, no. <laughs> 
we need to restrain ourselves. We need to be very, very intentional in the way we create our portfolio. I know it's not easy to hear. I know it's not nice to hear, but clients are not interested in everything we do. They are interested in things that are very, very specific to them. All right. They, they want to be able to actually visualize our style with their product. And that is what we need to bring across through our portfolio, which is why I say, when you put your portfolio together, think of yourself as a book. You are a book. You are a book. Okay. <laughs> but that's what we used to do. So even when I was in architecture school, portfolio was very, very important. Like for architects, portfolios are everything, everything. Do you ever hire an architect without seeing their portfolio? So imagine the same with a photographer and a client hiring you. So when I was an architecture student, we would spend weeks, weeks building, designing a portfolio for the career fair, the annual career fair in the university. And, you know, everything from front to back to end to stack to middle, everything. We designed our portfolios like it would turn into a coffee table book. And if you've read architecture coffee table books, you know the amount of work that goes in. So that's the level of design that would go into creating a portfolio as architects. And, you know, everybody has their own style and everybody in architecture also had their own style. So some would make like large A3 size portfolio books and most of us printed them. So they were like large A3 size. Some of them even created it as small pocket books, which was like very cute, but also very like mm, amazing. And I have a thing for squares. So my portfolio was almost always a square Sometimes big, sometimes small, but always a square. And every page would be designed in an application like either Photoshop or InDesign, just whatever was the application at that time. At one point, it was PowerPoint. And that's how we created our portfolios. And then we would print them. So there was photos, there was text, and then they would be printed. So you had to make sure that the resolution was good, that the font was legible, you know, all of that. And even for printing, the kind of paper... Is it matte? Is it glossy? Is it semi-matte? Oh, goodness. And that kind of binding, like spiral or, I don't know, hardbound, soft or whatever. I mean, there were so many questions. Just designing was one part, but the production of ultimately what the finished product would look like, that was also a design consideration. So you can imagine the amount of work that went into creating a portfolio and our portfolios weren't just like a collection of architectural work. I, I wouldn't call that portfolio a collection of architectural work. I thought or I defined that portfolio as a curated collection of architectural work that was designed to the T and put together with the intention of conveying our strength as an architect our style as an individual and with the purpose of making the strongest statement possible to whosoever was reading that book. So let me say this again. A portfolio is a curated collection of your work, which is designed to the T and put together with the intention of conveying your strength, your style as an individual, and with the purpose of making the strongest statement possible to anyone who is seeing it. How does that sound? That's exactly what your portfolio needs to be. So when I moved to food photography and I heard everybody talking about a portfolio, I just smiled because it was like, so our thing, right? 
it was serious stuff in architecture portfolios were very serious and not just as a student even as a professional i had to constantly maintain a portfolio if i ever wanted to change jobs move to a new firm so yeah it was that important so bottom line is that portfolios are critical and they have to be taken seriously if we are looking to work with brands all right so let's start with when do you need to create a portfolio you need to create a portfolio either when you are pitching to a client or when you have received an inquiry and they would like to see samples of your work that's when you need to work on a specific or a customized portfolio now it is one thing to have a website where you have to constantly update the work that you create so that you have a good mix you know of the work that you've been creating and so that anyone who comes across your website gets a good sense of what your style is about what you have done so far and so forth but when you are speaking to a specific client when you are emailing a specific brand when you are reaching out to a specific people updating that generic portfolio it does not work those specific people those specific clients they do not have the time to scroll through your entire body of work so we need to make it easy for them we need to create the punch in like a split second and make them understand that okay we are right for the job how do we do that okay i'm going to walk you through the step by step process of how do you make that customized portfolio when a client reaches out to you or when you are pitching to them here we go step 1 is to study the brand so let's say you've received an email don't just jump in immediately reply to it no take a bit of time breathe in soak in the information and then when you're crafting your reply when you're crafting the documents when you're crafting what you need to send back or how you need to reply to the client the number one thing you need to do is to study the brand so go to their website go to their instagram page go to facebook wherever they are present visually online go to their page and then study the brand so to create a custom portfolio for a client we need to communicate to them that we understand their branding all right that we understand their style and their product and to understand that we need to study the brand so that we can actually create what they need and also we know that we are capable of creating what they need okay so that comes by studying the brand so for this we thoroughly study the brand's website and website is usually the best place to go i feel and that's because social media is sometimes a bit up and down a uh, people just you know especially with reels and videos i feel like not every brand uh, showcases their best work on social media it's more about quantity over quality and the website is really where the quality shows so if i have to get a real flavor of a branding that a certain client has then i first go and check their website so you go you have to study their website rather thoroughly and sometimes actually if your client is an agency or your client is reaching out to you they will share or they do share a branding booklet or the art direction for the shoot so they're already telling you that hey this is what we are looking for and can you give us your fee can you give us your samples of your work that fit the project description 
So if they are sending you that branding booklet, study that, study that like in and out, observe the colors, see the kind of lighting that they are asking for, see the amount of styling that they need, uh, the kind of products that they want showcase, like just soak it all in, in, in. And that is really the essence of you getting a grasp on what they need. So at the end of this, you really need to get a sense of their style. It's one thing to have our own style, but many times when we create for clients, we need to get a sense of their style, what we can create for them in their style. We're also using our own style. Okay, that's a bit complicated, but okay. Step number one is study the brand. So study the branding booklet, see the art direction, go to the brand's website, Go and observe their photos, see the lights, see the styling and get a sense of what kind of photos they have been creating, whether that is something that you're comfortable creating, you're confident creating. And to create a portfolio, step number two is to then find relevant images from your work. Now, I told you we cannot just add everything that we have created in our entire creative lives. That's not how it works. So once you've studied the brand, once you've gotten thorough with the branding booklet, go back to your own photo gallery. Once you're there, you need to pick out 10 to 15 photos that most closely relate to the style of the brand. So let's say your client is a chocolate brand. Then what are the kind of photos that you would include? You would definitely include like chocolate photos from your gallery. Uh, but you might also include like brownies or cakes, especially if they've used chocolate in the recipe. And all of that is essential where we are really honing in on the chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. But all of that is still essential. You also want to try and see if the style of photos is similar to their style of photos. So let's say they use harsh light in their photos. Then your best pick would be chocolate photo shot in harsh light. That's an exact match. But let's say it's not necessary that you always have the exact match. And sometimes you don't even have the time to create these photos. Sometimes you can. If you have a couple of days and you want to create something to put in your portfolio that you're pitching to a client, please, yes, absolutely. Create something that is a one-to-one -one match. That's how, If that's how badly you want to work with them, do it, boss. But sometimes we don't have that time. We don't have that liberty. So in that case, choose the closest match. So you choose chocolate photos and then you also include samples of harsh light photography. So that way you might not have the exact match, but at least you'll be able to demonstrate that you have shot the ingredient, that you're familiar with something like chocolate, but you're also familiar with the style of light that they want. So you can put the two together and create the kind of photos that they want. So that's, that's how we kind of pick out the images. Now, uh, similarly, study colors and mood. All right. So some brands, they are completely into dark and moody photos. Uh, some brands have like this splash of color and they will play with backdrops. Going on a diagonal, there's purple, there's yellow, there's orange. You know, some of them love florals. So study, 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 and then go back and find the best and the closest match that not only relates to their product, but it also relates to their style of photography, to the kind of light, to the kind of colors, to the kind of feel that they create for themselves. Now, 
let's say that this brand is a new and upcoming brand that they do not have a website yet. And they're hiring you to probably create a website and they're still setting up their branding language and they are just figuring things out for themselves. But yes, they do need professional photos and that's where you're going to come in. So let's say they do not have any existing photos for reference. Then how do you go about it? Well, in that case as well, you need to study. But what do you study? You study their product. Now, let's say it is an ice cream brand. So what do you do? You include ice cream photos from your work. So what you need to do is find the closest match to the product that they have because they don't have any uh, set color, light, backdrop or mood that they are working with. That's what you're going to bring to them. But what you can showcase to them is that you're familiar with that product and you know how to handle it. Now, let's say if it's a tea brand, then you include tea photos. So basically, they may not have an established style of photography. So you pick on the product and then you attach different ways that you have shot the product. So imagine how delighted the client would be when they see the possibilities with their product, right? So find the closest exact match wherever you can. But this is all based on the thorough study that you have done in step number one. So I still remember I was once speaking to a tea brand. We were talking about a potential partnership and I literally went. Now, at that time, I had a good portfolio with kind of food subjects uh, that I'd shot. In that email that I sent to them, I literally attached 10 tea photos. And those 10 tea photos were taken in 10 different styles. And that's because... I just wanted to showcase the different possibilities of photographing the same product. There were styles that matched their branding, the client's branding and their language. But there was also my own so that they knew that, ooh, you know, I have the potential or I can create some other variations as well. So for step number two, I would say if a brand has a defined style, then you include the images that come the closest to it. And if they don't have a defined style, well, then include images that come closest to the product. Okay, so for baking, go for baked products. For beverage, go for your beverage photos. For frozen, go for frozen. So just find the closest match that you can. Uh, either way, include the majority of photos that relate directly to the brand, but also a few photos. That kind of show your skills that, you know, you can create different modes, that you can create bright, you can also be airy, you can be dark, you can be moody. You are a person of different personalities and styles. You need to kind of put that forth as well in a very, very creative way, I would say. So even if the brand is all about dark and moody, include about 10, 11 of dark and moody photos, but maybe three or four of the bright photos. But of course, keep a total of 10 to 15 because nobody wants to scroll beyond that. 10 to 15 is like you're creating the punch, you're still keeping their attention and you are delivering your message in the most effective possible shortest way. All right. So that was step number two where you find relevant images from your body of work. Then you come to step number three. So you've studied the brand, you've selected your photos, but there is one more part to selecting those photos. And that is your step number three. And in this step number three, basically, you need to create a combination of professional 
and personal projects. So one of the most frequently asked questions is, when you're pitching to clients, should you include personal projects or only professional projects or both or not? So this is a very, very common question. Now listen to this very carefully. If you have kind of gotten distracted and you're thinking of your own portfolio right now, then come back to me and just listen to this very, very carefully. My experience is that what you include in your portfolio should be your strongest work. That is also relevant to the brand that you're pitching to. Whether it's personal, whether it's professional, the number one criteria for you to select what work goes into that portfolio is the strength of that work. Is it portraying you in the best possible way or not? Is it showing you as a strong, skillful, talented, creative photographer or not? So that is the criteria for deciding what goes into the portfolio and also how closely it relates back to the brand that you are talking to. Now, let's say you're sending your portfolio to the chocolate brand. Let's also say that you previously worked with Cadbury's. Okay, so who wouldn't want to work with Cadbury's, right? Yeah, so <laughs> let's say you previously worked with Cadbury's. Now you're pitching to a chocolate brand and you have some stunning photos from your work with Cadbury's. Then, heck yes, you most definitely need to include those. But you also have photos of your own personal projects of chocolate, which are pretty darn creative that you want the world to see. And you think that it's something unique, something that really portrays you in a strong manner, then yes, include those too. So whatever you think is solid, whatever you think is impressive, and they match the product or the style of the brand, yes, please include them. Now, that way, you're including your strongest work that is relevant, but you're also demonstrating a good balance of commercial and personal work. It's always good to give a good flavor, a good variety to your portfolio. But if you think that your personal chocolate photos are stronger, then put less or... Hmm, maybe leave out your commercial work. But if you think that your commercial work is your strongest, your personal photos are not so much, then don't try to create this balance of personal and professional, commercial and you know personal work. It does not matter. Yes, what matters is that you have worked with Cadbury's, that you have done this commercial shoot for a similar product. That is very important. It is important for the client to know that you are familiar with working on a professional level with that kind of an ingredient. Now, that is an important thing. So I would say that pick out maybe one or two of your good commercial work for that product. And then if your personal work is even stronger, then add a few more of those photos. So basically judge what's making you look strong and then put it in. It is always good to have a combination of personal and commercial work. Like I said, the idea is to make an impression in a way that the client can immediately relate to your work and that they immediately have the confidence that you can capture the essence of their brand in the best possible way. So always keep that in mind when you are making your selections, when you are deciding what goes into that portfolio, because 10 to 15 is all you get or all you should choose, might I say. All right, so that was step number three, where you create a combination of commercial and personal work. Then you come to step number four. So you've got all your photos, you've decided what you're going to put in. And
and then you start compiling them together. What do you think goes first? How do you compile it? That is step number four. Step number four is to add a cover page. Now, this is something that I don't know if most people do or not, but I think it's very important. Have you ever seen a coffee table book without a cover page? Have you ever seen a book without a cover page? So don't just add your photos and attach it as a PDF. No, we want to make it look designed. We want to make it look like it's well thought out. And then when someone opens it, whether it's digital or printed, it should feel like a book. It should feel like they're going through a journey and a journey always has a start, right? So start with a solid cover page. And by that, I don't mean that you need to spend hours designing a cover page. What it helps is to start with like a refresher. You know, if they have reached out to you, they already know your name, they know your business, they want you to quote or whatever. So they might be familiar with your name. But if you're pitching to somebody, they might not right? So it's always just helpful that you start with your company name, your social media handles, so that before they start scrolling through the photos, it sticks. Your name sticks in their memory. Your name sticks in their head. And then while they're scrolling, it continues to be fresh in their minds. They continue to remember, oh yeah, this is John's portfolio. All right. Okay. Oh, this is Neha's portfolio. Okay. Or I'm looking at my food lens as well. So it's either your business or your personal name or whatever it is, it stays fresh as they scroll through the photos. So that cover page actually becomes quite important. So in my experience, it is a bit dry and boring. And now this is an architect talking, okay? So in my experience, uh, so you can roll your eyes after you hear me out. But in my experience, (laughs) it's a bit dry and boring. If your cover page is a white page, with your business name in the center and your name and your social media handles, and maybe it has a border. Uh, I think that's just dry and boring. It is not memorable. It does not stick in anybody's memory while they're scrolling your portfolio. If anything, it might actually just be like, if the cover is this boring, what am I to expect inside? So what we need is a punch. We need a boom on the cover. So that's why they say first impressions matter. And there's no reason why a cover page or the first page should not be a punch of your creative style. So here's how I like to do it. Out of the 10 or 15 photos that I've selected, I choose one which goes on to the cover page. So no additional work needed in selecting more photos, creating some special graphics. Nah, nothing. You just pick out a strong photo, which is like a punch, and then add text to it. So this text will probably include your logo, if you have one, your name, it has your business or your company name, and it has one social media handle or maybe two at the most. So Instagram, Facebook, that's all. You don't need to add anything more in it. What's most important is that you actually just add your name and your business name so that that stays fresh. Now, you could include the word portfolio, like portfolio, my food lens, Dutamacha. So you could have portfolio written in a different font, somewhere in the center, up, down, wherever it fits aesthetically. But I feel like sometimes it's like just so self-explanatory that I don't like to add the word portfolio, but that's definitely a personal choice. You may or may not add it. What is important are your name and your business name. 
All right. So what I do is that I literally go and choose a very simple and a clean font. It does not have to be like King Arthur's castle. It just has to be like clean, very professional, very legible. You can read it, but at the same time, it's not, it doesn't get lost in the photo. It sticks out, but it's not boom in your face. So I choose a simple, clean font and I use different sizes for the business name and for social media. So usually my business name is the biggest, my name is slightly smaller, and my social media is the smallest. Sometimes I don't even add my social media handles or at the most I might add Instagram. Otherwise, mm, not really. So when you create these three different sizes, you give a design feature, you add a bit of thoughtfulness, a well-composed feeling to your cover page. And I personally don't like to like place text smack in the middle or right on top. I like to have it either on the side, typically on the right bottom right side. I find it very well designed. I feel like that's where people turn the page over. And so their eyes kind of go there. So somewhere on the right side, center, bottom, up, wherever I feel that it fits aesthetically is kind of my go-to position for placing text. But this totally depends on the photo that you've chosen, whether you're using black font or white font, whether it's sticking out or it's showing on that photo or not. All of those things are kind of considerations that you need to keep. So at the end of the day, what you need is a powerful cover photo that shows a beautiful work of yours on the cover, but it also tells the client that here's this person, their work, here's their name, here's their business name. This is the person whose work you're going to see as you flip through the pages. So, and all of this while making a really powerful impression on them. So that's the purpose of the cover page. So that is step number four. Which brings us to step number five. So yes, you've gone and you've added your name and business name. But what about the photos inside? Do we need to add anything there? Or do we just stick photos in a PDF and send them out? Uh, Does that work? Does it not work? What else to include, right? All those questions. Step number five is to add relevant details of the photo. Now, it always helps to add these important details of the photo giving the client just, you know, a little more insight into what makes that photo special or something technical, not just special, but also what makes it a bit more technical and that they should know. All right. So for example, uh, you could have just like a subtle text at the bottom or maybe at the top of each photo. And you can say artificial light photography, or you can say natural light photography. And that is if you have a combination of photos that are either visual light or natural light. So you're using both kinds. So you kind of want to tell the client, hey, I create in these two different lights. So what you're seeing for every photo, you can say artificial light photography, natural light photography, artificial light photography, natural light photography. Just keep it small, subtle, somewhere that your eye goes to it. But ultimately, your eye is all captivated by the photo on that page. So now let's say that you only have one kind of light. All right. So you're only shooting in artificial light. You're only shooting in natural light. Leave it out. Leave out any kind of lighting details because it's not like you're using a combination. It's not that important. You do not need to spell it out. That detail is not required, right? It's only if it's varying and you think that's important to mention. Uh, You know what else is worth mentioning? Commercial projects, the client's names. So if you have worked with commercial clients, 
you most definitely want to mention their names on your commercial work pages. So if you have a chocolate photo that you shot for Cadbury's, then please write client Cadbury's. Okay, so you're not sitting in front of them. You're not sitting there to explain anything to them. Your portfolio has to do all the talking and you want to make that impression. And that impression is not just visually, but that impression is also to tell them that you are highly skillful, highly talented, and you have a ton of experience under your belt. So you kind of want to put out all your client names and all your commercial work pages. So let's say that that particular shot was uh, taken in artificial light. You can actually have two lines and you can say first artificial light photography. And then below that, you can say client Cadbury's. So that way people know, oh, okay. So whatever you shot for Cadbury's, you had taken an artificial light. So you know how to work in a studio space or in a factory or in a kitchen or in a room where you have no natural light. That is relevant information. That is something that the client would be interested in knowing. That is something that makes you look stronger. Now, that is important. You can also add your logo in a very subtle manner on each page. So again, that's like a refresher, right? It's a refresher on every page. Also, you have to just kind of make sure that it does not distract from the photo, that it works aesthetically well the way you have designed the page and the way the photo sits on it, that the logo does not just go boom. It's not just about the logo. It's about the photo. Okay. Now, some photographers do like to watermark every photo in their portfolio, and that is a personal choice. I am not 100% into that, and that's because I really like the client to like get a sense of the photo. And sometimes I feel like when the text is sitting smack in the middle, or even if it is, you know, grayed out or light, I, I just feel that they don't get a full feel of the picture. So again, that's my very personal choice. And you are completely open to taking your own route, whatever works for you, but adding one or two relevant details, whatever is the most relevant Maybe you don't want to add any details and that's fine. Not every picture needs to be, but try to make it consistent. Try to tell the client something that you would have told them that would have been important for them to know something that increases your chances of working with them. All right. So it gives them a better idea of who you are and what your experience lies. So that was step number five. So up to now, you have a fairly good idea of how to choose images, how to put them together, what details to add in these. And then comes the last step, which is actually, honestly, <laughs> a whole podcast episode in itself. But I'm going to run through it like fairly briefly. I know that most of you might already be aware of it, but if you're not, let me know and we can do a full episode on it. But the last step, step number six, is organization and sharing of the portfolio. So now that you've figured out what the photos include, what details to add, how to add, and you've come to the last bit, and that is how to organize it and how to share it with the client. So when there are 10 to 15 photos to share, how do you decide which one goes first, which one goes second, which one goes third? How do you do it? I like to do it like a movie. So hear me out. So pretty much think of your portfolio, you know, something like that has a beginning a middle and an end. So think of a book. Think of the last novel that you read. There was a beginning, there was a middle and there's an end. And that's what your portfolio needs to be because your portfolio is a book. You are the book. <laughs> okay. So you need to have a beginning, a middle and an end. So think of it like a movie. Think of it as a novel. Think of it as a coffee table book. Think of it as anything that you've ever read 
or watched that has left an impression like a story okay so think of how you want the client to feel as they scroll through the images you want the story you want the emotions you want them to be interested you want them intrigued you want them to want to scroll further right so so the way i like to put it together is that i like to have a strong start and a strong finish like that is a non negotiable that's literally like a movie you remember the beginning and you remember the end the middle mm, can be a bit mm-mm-mm. but <laughs> not that you want to keep it mm-mm-mm. all right but keep a strong start keep a strong finish and then in the middle you have a little bit of wiggle room you have a little bit of forgiveness so in the middle you alternate between strong photo a uh, less strong photo medium photo strong photo less strong medium the less strong photo medium so it's like a little wave so the center the middle images can be up down up down up down just a little bit back and forth back and forth so people are just like oh okay no but oh this not okay oh but that's so wow ooh ah no you know so people are just like it's bouncing so make sure your start is strong make sure your end is strong make sure your middle is modulated make sure that you're punching it in at the right interval so that they continue to scroll to the end you'll be amazed at how many clients do not want to scroll up to the end so you kind of want to keep them interested keep them intrigued and if that means that you have fewer images you just want to do nine do nine solid images no one says that it has to be 10 15 it can be nine it can be eight but the eight best photos that relate the closest to the brand all right so that comes down to the organization how do you organize what was first second third fourth and so forth and then it comes down to sharing so sharing a portfolio can be done in so many different ways really it depends on one how do you roll what's your style how do you find it most convenient or two how has the client requested it so sometimes that sharing can either be a link to a landing page it could be a link to a website where you're taking them to a particular section or most commonly you could attach a pdf you could have a slideshow video there are just so many different ways that you can share your portfolio it depends on you it depends on the client it also depends on the bandwidth of your emails <laughs> how many gbs and mbs you can send right so no matter how you're sharing your portfolio it is important and no matter how you're sharing your portfolio it is important to make sure that the images are optimized for web use you know so when i say that your email can support the images that you're sending yeah heck yes you need to definitely make sure that it can what i mean by optimized for web use is that they aren't too big in size that you know let's say you've sent a link to your website ha huh, the page just doesn't load and it's not fast enough and people lose patience like pretty much in one second so there you go you've lost your chance so if it's optimized then tada immediately page is loaded and the client is scrolling through your beautiful imagery similarly pdfs when you attach a pdf don't make it crazy large boss you will choke their email and that's the last thing you want so make sure that the pdf is a digital or a online resolution i think they call it web resolution and that it just downloads very quickly and someone it doesn't take 10 hours for every photo to come on screen and it's just like a little pleasant and a easy experience for the client and the other aspect 
that we absolutely need to check. That has gone wrong so many times with me. I can't even begin to tell you. And it is something that we sometimes miss. But what happens is when we use external applications, let's say you're creating on PowerPoint or Canva or Photoshop or InDesign or whatever application you're using to compile all of this, you know, sometimes that particular application, once you export your images, it changes the color rendering. So it either becomes like too high contrast or highly saturated or washed out. So definitely check how your colors are looking once the final file is exported. There is a very high chance that when you use an external application, the colors change a little bit. So you want it to look as accurate and exactly how you photographed, all right, after it has been compiled. So there you go. That was step one to step six. And now you know how to put together a tailored portfolio for a client that increases your chances of working with them by giving them a powerful snapshot of your skill level, of your talent, of your creativity, of your experience, and also gives them the confidence that you can handle their product and that you understand their brand language. You know step one to step six like a boss, my friend. Well, you can tell now that a good portfolio is customized, it's relevant, it's current, it's designed, it's concise, it's clear, and it's optimized. Don't forget that, all right? And also by sharing your relevant work, you are actually very targeted in your approach and immediately you can strike a chord with the brand. So be selective. Be intentional. Don't put everything that you've ever created into that portfolio. Remember, sometimes less is more. So I hope that this was helpful and I hope that gives you enough information to create a customized portfolio for your next pitch or your next client inquiry. And like always, if you have any questions, please send them my way. If you want an episode on organization and sharing portfolio, please also let me know. And if you found this helpful, please do rate, subscribe, review on whichever platform you're listening. I would be so, so appreciative. With that, I'll see you with another episode next time. Bye-bye.